Hello everyone, I am back. It's MMA by Milliken. Welcome to episode 13 of season 2. Today, what a day. What a day. We're going to see the return of Cupcake Misha Tate and Marianne Renault, her last dance in MMA period. But you know, MMA fighters never truly stay retired. Misha Tate is a perfect example of that. Hope everyone out there is staying safe, staying strong, and staying positive. Try to keep your head up through all through dark times. Never stop pushing forward. Okay, and hey, I hope uh, you know. Don't forget, you can listen to Midweek Motivation, whether there's a new episode out or not. Make sure you listen to all the episodes, and I hope they help. You know, I try to make it so it's medicine for the soul. Today on tap, I'm going to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know UFC 264. Yeah, I'm discussing Connor. Yep, I'm discussing Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> that dude. Whoo. <laughs> but uh, UFC. Uh, but yeah. But hey, starting out the podcast as always. I'm starting out with listener questions. From a familiar voice, uh, and going to go right into UFC 264 breakdown, and I'll also have recaps for just uh, one recap. Well, well, I have uh, yeah, just a recap for Bellator. So those are only two recaps that I have on tap for today. And as always, going to start off with a listener question because you know i've always been blessed so far with this podcast to have listener questions that pertain to current fights where then i can do quickly do a re- a uh, breakdown for the fight or it helps me with my recaps for previous fights so as all i've been really fortunate with a lot of my listener questions only got one today but i've been still it's, it's fantastic because i get to talk about the co-main event of the evening. So with all that said, I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to get started with today's episode. Hey, MMA by Milligan. It's your boy, MMA Catfish. Hey, Misha Tate. Mm, She is a cupcake. She's so pretty. And she's only like 34 She's been out since 2016. That would mean that she fucking retired before she was even 30 years old. However, time off is the false friend of the retired fighter. Their aches and pains go away. They think Emirates going to be amazing and then they want to come back. She will win this upcoming fight. Uh, her opponent is already like, yeah, I'm out after this no matter what. So she's checked out and they clearly gave her this fight on purpose. But... I would like to see what you think about her moving forward because I don't see her future being very bright. She was a great fighter, don't get me wrong, but I don't see her being great now. Late. That, of course, is Tat Granddaddy. 96% of OF only fans at MMA Catfish. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and, of course... Catfishing with Tat Daddy is his podcast. And you got to check that out. He does have a current episode out. Now, uh, to his question. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. It's, boy, this week was special. Yes, it's always a pleasure seeing Cupcake. And that's exactly what she is. Always great to see Misha Tate, indeed. But, oh, I was spoiled this week. Because, I mean... It kind of sucks seeing Denise Kilholz gets pieced up. However, always, whoo, the queen. She, when you talk about, she is on my Mount Rushmore of fine women of MMA. I swear, she doesn't get enough. People just don't. It's like, come on. Every time I see one of those hot lists without her name on there, it's a fraudulent list. I dismiss the list every single time. Like, come on now. I don't want to hear, oh, we just got to talk about UFC. I'm not trying to hear that. To not know who Denise, especially as a simp, to not know who Denise Kilholz is, and is age-appropriate 
simping for yours truly. 33 years, three year old, 33 year. Well, both her and Juliana Velasquez are in her 30s. And of course, Misha as well. And Marianne Renault, 44. So, yes, age appropriate simping for me. And headline for Bellator, and of course, the ladies for UFC are going to be the co main. Co main. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yep. Always a pleasure seeing her. Um, I actually think I got Marianne Renault actually as. I know it's supposed to be a gimme fight, but I think that with this being her last fight for Renault Perez, I believe that she's going to bang. First of all, she looked she didn't look bad against Macy Chazon at all for 44 years old. I thought she should have been getting finished up in there. She's looking fantastic, and she's and she's a sharper fighter. She's coming off of that was in March, so she's ready to go. Misha, six years, I mean not six years, five year layoff. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. Two kids was over at one championship as a VP. I don't know about that, but we'll see. We'll see. She might shock the world. She is an OG, as they say. Um, so yeah, not shock the world. I mean, the world pretty much has uh, picked her. I'm like the only person, uh, only fool, going with uh, Marianne Renault. But yeah, I think uh, Renault can neutralize the ground game of Misha Tate and possibly threaten her on the ground, being a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I think that she could uh, piece. She's going to come out fighting. I don't think she wants to just lay down. I think she wants to go out on her shield. This being her last fight. She's a I think she's going to be a dangerous fighter for Misha Tate. But yeah, I'm with you, brother. I don't like Misha Tate's, uh, her chances in that division at all. Just two, these, those women, they're so much bigger than what they were when she was competing there. And I doubt that she would beat Pennington. In re Pennington is better, actually, than she was when she first faced off against Misha. I think she would probably knock Misha out this time around. Misha wouldn't be able to full Pennington with the grappling, same as last time. And, um, yeah, I don't like her chance. Even Holly, a much more developed ground game. Aldana has a ground game. She's massive on top of that. Caitlin Vieta is a black belt in judo and jiu-jitsu as well. I think she would absolutely maul Misha. Uh, the size of those women in that division is ridiculous. And Macy Chazon is another one. But yes, Ajara Eubanks, Julia Villa would probably def most definitely knock uh, Misha out. So yeah, I don't like her chances in that division at all. I really don't even like her chances in this fight, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. But yeah, after this, but if she does win, she'll be in a ranked position at. Um, well, we'll see, because, you know, um, Brad Tavares, he got bumped up, because I'm pretty sure Omari was 13, and they pushed Brad to 12. And we saw that with Yan Jonan, where they pushed her all the way up to 3, when she really wasn't supposed to be around 4. So we'll see where Misha lands in the rankings. You know, she may land above where Marianne Renault was at. Thank you so much for the question, brother. Always a pleasure. Now, let's get into, speaking of... Uh, Misha and Miss Renault. Tend to the rest of this UFC Vegas breakdown, people. UFC 30. Renault, of course, is a plus 215. So I'm just saying, Misha will probably win. Maybe she'll smother her with the grappling. You know, minus, uh, minus 145. But I am going to, I'm leaning towards, that's my only underdog pick. Uh, right now, it looks like the favorites will win. Islam Makachev, minus 720, of course. Thiago Moises, 15-4, plus 500. Yeah, you know. Jeremy Stevens. Oh, he, his, his, him and Connor, what they have in common, I, I just don't think that his mind is there. Same with Connor. Mine is just not there. So I don't really favor Jeremy. You know, I'm not looking at the losing strike. I'm not looking at any. I just think that his mind is just not there for him to win any fight unless he's crushing a can up in there. Uh, plus 180 underdog, minus 220 for Gamrot, who's 18 and one. Uh, Dustin Stoltz, first 13 and two, plus 180 underdog. I'm going with Hadolfo Vieta. 
7-1, a minus 225. The fight that no one's really talked, that I ain't seen no one really talking about, was Billy Quarantino, 15-3, plus 135 underdog, going up against Gabriel Benitez. No one's talking about this. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm losing my mind or something. But I think this is a matchup right here. I, th- I think this would be a good uh, minus uh, 165 uh, favorite, leaning with the favorite. But I think everyone's looking at Jeremy Stevens, you know. I mean, he looked Jeremy to his credit. He'll bang. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually that fight is fight of the night. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Now, uh, Daniel Rodriguez, oh, man, minus 300 favorite. Versus Dustin Par- uh, Parsons. I just, I never, I just, I always remember Daniel <laughs> with that call out <laughs> of uh, of uh, Mike Perry. <laughs> I always going to remember that. Oh my goodness, boy. That was, that was just, boy, I called him out on, well, called him a bunch of names and called him out on social media. But he got what he wanted. He definitely got what he wanted. 14 and 2 minus 300 versus 9 and 2 plus 250 going with the favorite there Amanda Lemos got 9 and 1 versus 10 and 1 Now I think this is going to be Now sure Montserrat Ruiz Conejo mad could certainly use her ground game her wrestling Uh but <laughs> Lemos is, as I've been saying on the timeline, Lemos is no joke. She's been dropping ladies with just a jab. When she figures out how to, well, she's trying to utilize a jab, I think, to set up the knockout punch, which is what you should do. But she's dropping one with the jab, so she can't even set anything up, really. So, yeah, I, I, you want to talk about a bad matchup, I think, because Montserrat has the closest distance. And the good thing about the way, because she uses judo and her wrestling. So the, I love the head and arm, you know what I mean, the toss over and everything. But the problem is, she, and, and the good thing is she keeps her head up when she does it. So she's not shooting in directly for a takedown or for a single. It's something I think that she would struggle, especially struggle with in that division, but especially against Lemos. Getting close to Lemos is a bad idea. <laughs> Unless you can rush in and, and just spear her and just tackle her. And even then, I think she's so strong, she'll just get back up again. She is very five foot four, but strong. Has Still has the power of the bantamweight that she was when she was in that division. I mean, we're talking about someone who's going bang with women who are now fighting in featherweight. Okay, she, she is no joke. She's strong as hell. And she can bang. And Weeze has a bad tendency. Her striking isn't good. She's trying to just sub takedown. She's doing what she can to sub takedown, really. And her uh, striking isn't going to be of no benefit in this fight at all. And, and her technique, because of the way that she does it, works depending on who she's fighting. But it could be a complete holding her head up, hands not high, not blocking against Lemos. Again, just a jab. Is dropping people, and I think that there's a good chance that this she has the second highest uh, uh, ratio. Lemos minus five fifty. So uh, under um, Islam, yeah, for a reason. <laughs> for I don't favor Monstrat. If you got money, don't. Yeah, she she's you know. I know she's a favorite now, and a lot of people kind of like her. She got some new simps and everything, but yeah, don't don't do that with your money. Well, speaking of which, money. Oh, oh, speaking of the ladies, uh, Misha. She, one, one championship came on uh, the timeline when they scheduled the fight, and they said that Misha Tate had a fight left on her contract. So that's why she's back. She's not making, technically, she's not making a comeback. She has a fight left on her contract, from what I understand. I don't know how many fights, though, but apparently that was the situation for this. I think otherwise she would just be focused on being a mom and being a VP for uh, one championship. But apparently uh, she still had one, a fight left on, I don't know how many fights, but this is a contractual thing going right here. What? You know, since I'm talking about women's MMA, Cleet Taha versus Sergey 
Morozov, Morozov, plus 120, minus 140. Like I said, I'm leaning towards the favorites, Alexander, uh, Anderson Dos Santos, 21 and 8, plus 150, Miles Johns, 11 and 1, minus 185, leaning towards him. And of course, Francisco Figueredo, wow, if he loses. Mm. Mm. We've seen brothers go down. Okay. We, we've seen, well, unless you're the pit bull brothers, but yeah, we've seen brothers go down like the Lima brothers. Yikes. So, uh, we'll see, but minus 300 stick with the favorite there. 12, three and one going against 12 and five and, uh, Malcolm Gordon plus two underdog. And Rodrigo Nascimento, God, heavyweight starting off. Ugh. Uh, hopefully it won't be painful. Hopefully we see an early uh, knockout or, in this situation, a submission. 8-1, uh, minus 250. Allen Barrault, 8-2, plus 280. Yeah, hopefully this fight goes fast. Jeez, boy. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know, you know, to be honest, I don't know where to place heavyweight fights at nowadays because it's like they could be good, Fast finishes or just a complete stink fest, boy. Uh, but I think maybe midway, because then I could do a break instead of starting off. But yeah, and that's uh, those are my picks. UFC 264. Good Lord. Good Lord, Lord, Lord. Speaking of favorites, all the favorites won on that card. No underdog picks. I had two underdog picks, neither one. Uh, and that was only in the dog picks. It's been favorites all the way through. That's who won. So, yeah, I got two wrong. But, yeah, if you had all favorites on your line when you're betting, you did okay. Yep, you did. Yes, Conor McGregor was a slight underdog. Dustin was a slight favorite. All favorites won in that card. One thing I cannot stand when I see on timeline is someone celebrating because they cash for the favorites. You didn't get a whole lot of money, fam. You didn't. Okay, unless that was part of a line. Otherwise, if it's just a one bet on one Friday, you're not, and they're not the underdog, or you didn't do a parlay. If you did a parlay, cool. Did a parlay, congrats. But other than that, nah, stop. Stop it. It's nothing to brag about. But yeah, yeah, UFC 264. Congrats to Aldana. Or Omari now the Marar Omari Brad Tavares situation. I see Omari on the rankings at the bottom. Now I recall there you know Brad was at the bottom. So they switched places. It looks like they switched places, but Brad was I'm pretty sure Omari was thirteen, not twelve, but Tavares moved up to twelve. Chris Weedman moved down. Uh, yeah, I saw Mario on this. I don't know what's going on. If he's still there or what. I'm not sure what's going on. You know, but uh, I checked it prior to uh, doing this episode, and yeah, he was there. You know. Uh, but yeah, Jessica, Jessica, I. Jessica, yeah, what I say. What I say, watch out for, right? You never know. She her she maintains good volume. Her her striking isn't bad. It's more boxing style. And she did and, and she kinda was um and she stayed aggressive. See that's another thing with her. She stays aggressive. She gets pieced up. I mean she had <laughs> I mean had turned got turned into cyclops with that headbutt. But I mean she just a making she just a gesture and everything. She they didn't phase her at all. And, and the thing about um, I is she has a way of that takedown defense, you know. It's, and, but I think her movements, the way she positioned herself with her striking, it's not like Maya. I don't think she really really thought about shooting in. But I see, I notice a lot of fighters are leery about doing it versus just guy unless she's having an off night, like in that fight with Calvillo, unless she's having an off night. She pretty much, you know, takedown defense. She had a high rate of takedown defense prior. And, yeah, it's just something about her movements and everything. That's why I said, like, she, it was a good chance. She almost snuck one out. Almost. But Jennifer did enough. Jennifer Maya did enough. Maintains her 
stays in the same place. No changes there as far as rankings go. And, you know, and I mean, yeah, Drykus got his uh, fight of the night bonus. Drykus do Plesius got his fight of the night bonus over Trevin Giles. Ilya Tapora. <laughs> Rain Rust isn't real, huh, Ryan Hall? Ha! Who boy. Mm, mm, mm. So that was so so we're starting off the that was the prelims. So it's regular prelims. Start off with finish via strikes. Another KO over Ryan Hall. He got put away. Decision fight that everyone kind of figured would go to a decision and be thought, well, thought that it'd be fight of the night. I thought that Michelle Pieta did enough to win that decision, uh, with the exception of that. That wasn't illegal. I mean, a, a somersault, I mean, a moonsault at that. Moonsault, seriously, dude. Do a crossbody if you got to do that. I mean, he kicked the man right in his face. That's illegal. I don't know what was going on with Mark Jackson. He was just standing there watching the whole thing. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that was about as illegal as it get. Next up was a decision. Victory for Max Griffin, who is one of the biggest, who turned out to be one of the biggest Carlos Gondit fans. Got his autograph and picture. I think they switched T-shirts as well. And just love seeing that actual sportsmanship, unlike what... Um, Kind, you know, kind of his mess. Sean O'Malley, of course, one half of the recipients for the actual fight of the night. Bonus, 75K. Congrats to Chris Montanejo. Congrats to him on receiving. And even though he lost, went out on his shield, gained the respect of across MMA, across everyone who watched the fight, got paid in the process. So congrats to him. Um... And man, my girl Irene Adana just thought it was going. She's mother under. I thought that Yana was going to win. Whew! That same left got the same left that put Caitlin Vieira down. And Taya Tuovasa, the world is celebrating Taya Tuovasa victory over Greg Hardy. Finish. And this look start now. Granted, the Molly fight should have been a decision. Herb should have let the fight go instead of calling it. You know what I mean? It's like, look, let it go to a decision. But, you know, betting, you know, it's, just, it's boy, if you're wondering how to rig a fight, there you go. But yeah, KO for him. Irina, Irina Adana with the actual KO. Tied to Avasa with his KO. And I mean, hey, he got those shoeies, though. Mm, that is the, just random shoeies at that. I mean, if Holly Berry's out in the audience, I mean, I, I may consider it. I can't lie. Uh, I, I may consider it. But, uh, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Just random people. And he did a hot, he did a hot sauce, shoe too. Ooh. Gilbert Burns did what needed to be done, as so many were saying. He did what needed to be done. I mean, hey, look, it's not a kickboxing fight. No offense to St Steph Thomas, Stephen Thompson. Wonder Boy, but it's it's not a kickboxing fight. It's just the way it is, man. You got the level change. You're in there with someone who can level change, who will level change. So, hey, you can... All right, look, I... folks can say whatever they want, but, um, hey, it's MMA. It's not kickboxing, which is something that Conor McGregor needs to learn once and for all. Like, dude, bloody hell, man, bloody hell. Okay, now the numbers that, according to Google, now I don't like depending, I don't like relying on Google, but the numbers are that now um, total strikes landed Connor as that out, but significant strikes thirty six to twenty seven in favor of Dustin, and one out of two takedowns. I mean. And of course, some uh, kind of did get credit for that guillotine attempt. But uh, yeah, I mean, Dustin won. He was winning, would have won, period. To me, there's no point in running it back. But the numbers that the pay-per-view did, I mean, pfft. yeah, they, they're going to find some way 
to run it back unless Dustin flat out refuses, which he's not going to do because he's already talking about, you know, I mean, I can't, you know, look, he said something about his wife. I understand. I, I understand. And, and, and Connor hasn't, he, that's not new. That is not new. He all, He's done that in the past. He did that with Habib, talked about his wife. The bus incident, he's a, he's an idiot. And, and what I say, what I say, Connor wanted to, he wanted to reach into his linen closet and pull out crackhead caffeinated Connor. I told you that was a bad idea. He should have went with caffeine-free calm counter. You know, sportsman, you know, happy to be there, Connor, instead of old cocky, arrogant Connor, because when he gets knocked on his ass, he's going to make up a bunch of excuses to try and save face. Running around in a damn wheelchair, electric wheelchair. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> it's dude. And in a scooter, like, come on, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, sleepy Connor. Mm. And look, people, you know, yeah, they criticized the kid, the YouTuber, for the chain, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, yes, $100,000. But look, if Dustin can auction the chain off, same price, I mean, he's going to get $100,000. So it's a charitable. This kid did this ridiculous stunt. And now it could be a chance that he's given $100,000 to Dustin's charity. So, you know, I mean, he's definitely in the form of a chain. But yeah, if Dustin can auction it off and hopefully get the money back. This kid made a, a charitable. He, he did a publicity stunt slash troll great troll to me that was a great troll to me and now he morphed it into a charitable donation if everything works out so good for him good for dustin to me dustin won dustin's to me always going to win and, and connor's not it's not connor slowing down it's not father time catching up with connor it's dustin getting better period it's him getting better All right, so Bellator, Bellator 262, Juliana Velasquez learned. She learned to put some respect on the name of Denise Kilholtz, one of the hottest women in mixed martial arts people. Dare I say even in kickboxing, because she's a former multi-time kickboxing champion. And of course, Bellator's kickboxing champion. Yeah. It's like, and, and, you know, but hey, I, I like the plan, though, from uh, Velasquez, you know, just be methodical. Accuracy. I can't say it enough. It's not the power. Like Denise Kilho, she was trying to throw that bomb, kept trying to connect with that bomb. Now, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Velasquez won, you know, uh, but split decision. And it will always be there. It will always be that reminder that, you know what, you should have had just a little bit more respect. It's not like she didn't respect Denise, but she kept saying, like, you know, she wasn't impressed by a previous win, not really impressed by her, thought she was going to fight someone else. And it's like, yeah, you see why, though. You put some respect on her name. Little five foot three Denise Kilholz. Now, you know. <laughs> with that said, she's only she's the same size as Michelle Waterson, so it's like, you know, way more power. Way more power. I think she would knock out most of the straw weights in um well, anywhere. Really. But yeah, that, that hanging around and, and flyweight, I don't know about that. Like her versus Liz Kamooch, you know, because she just wants to throw that bomb and Liz. Now Liz will will bang, but yeah, she's going to level change. You know, and I mean, accomplished by a belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, it probably might be a difficult task with, you know, with a judo fire. And that's what, that's why the fight looks a, a little, if it looked a little strange between Kilholtz and Velasquez, it's because they both judo practitioners. So it's grapplers basically that are, you know, want to stand in vain. Of course, Kilholtz, <coughs> a, key, a kickboxer who augmented her style for mixed martial arts, yeah, they, they basically kind of cancel each other out in certain ways. So that was what you were saying. And then, I mean, Denise is just strong as hell. <laughs> she is strong as hell, you know. And, you know, more shorter, more compact, packing, packing a little bit more power. But I just don't like um, 
I mean, she don't have a choice in the matter. It's not like they have a straw weight division. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. But I think, you know, most a lot of straw weights are more comfortable, you know, 120, 125. Because that may be, it's probably the walk around weight. Like Ashley Yada said that her, you know, she only cuts five pounds because she tries to maintain 120. You know, uh, and we saw what happened with uh, Michelle Waterson and Marina Rodriguez. You know, they, they, you know, they couldn't cut the weight, so they walked in at 125, which is probably their walk-around weight. That's why I keep telling people, like, stop saying atom weight for a lot of these fighters, especially if they're not, you know, if they've been in straw weight for a long period of time because they probably packed on muscle, you know, because they're like, well, you know, I don't have to cut anymore, so, hey, let me put on a little bit more muscle, you know, so... 115 is as far as they can go. But I just think that Killholz, as great as she is, she's just too small. You know, sometimes size is an issue. And it's not her fault, you know. She should be able to be 5'3 in the flyweight division. But, you know, the problem is you have so many bantamweights that cut down, especially in the case of Bellator, because it's like, well, gee, if they can't get to one, if they can't get to many of them, don't want to, you know, a lot of... Uh, they. Some promotions have straw weight, but they haven't uh, promoted it enough or advertised it enough or went out to find these women to say, hey, look, if you need some place to go, here you are and, and be, you know, real about it. You know, that's the way I kind of like about LFA. They'll, they'll straight up say like, um, well, no, it was Combate Global. Wait, wait, no, no, hold on now. Think no way! I was just watching a. Damn it! See, this is what happens when you watch too many promotions. Oh, because there's there's one promotion that advertises like, look, you know, your next stop probably be Bellator. Not not as a knock on them, but hey, you know, kind of like with LFA and CFF, mostly CFFC and Cage Warriors. Like, hey, you know, your next step is the bigger promotions. You know, and that is one Bellator and UFC. And that's not a knock on. And, and more, and sadly, sadly. For a lot of women, you know, if they're featherweights, a lot of featherweights, well, a lot of these bantamweights are featherweights, you know, that who, who cut, you know, a lot of weight, you know, because these featherweights are cutting down to 145. And, and 135, it's like, you know, that's why you see a lot of them, especially in the UFC, they have such what seems like a dangerous weight cut. They all, you know, they're passing out on the scales or they're just plain not making it like with Adriana Adana, you know, for whatever reason. And that's, but the reality is, how, how much weight are they cutting? You know, if it's just five pounds and starting to get to five pounds, then yeah, that's a medical issue. But, you know, it has to be past that. That's for the reality of the situation. A lot of people say, well, you know, a lot of people do it. Well, just because you do it doesn't make it right. And that all heavyweights cut weight. What they walk in at, that's, that's why they come in, they weigh in last over at the UFC nowadays, because it's like they don't have to worry about cutting weight. You know, whatever area, whatever they walk in at, for the most part, well, except unless your name is Dan Hardy. Now, I mean, Walt Harris, he, I'm sure him and Ngano cut a little bit to make sure they hit the 160, and Derek Lewis. But he came in, what was it, 163 or 164? So, not sure, but, you know, I think he is kind of cutting weight a little bit. And he said, Derek Lewis and Ngano said they want to lose weight. You know, so it is different for heavyweight. What usually, for the most part, what they weigh in at, that's their weight. You know, um, with the exception of a few. So, but yeah, a lot of these women sadly don't have a choice in the matter. Because I mean, like, look at Bellator. Like, Bellator is a great place for featherweights and fly. Well, featherweights. I would say featherweights, because you know, a lot of women they they could just walk right in to 145 if they were a bantamweight weight or even a flyweight that wants to move. It's a big flyweight that wants to move up, like. Uh, Sabina Mazos is real big for a flyweight. Same with uh, Maria Akapova. Those two are supposed to be facing each other. Not sure who that. I think I got I got Sabina in that one. But um, yeah, both of them, I think, would do at least bantamweight. You know, Sabina it looks like they're going to go with flyweight with that matchup. Uh, Sabina just fought at bantamweight, and I think that's a better size for her. You know, but. The problem is she's in there with, you know, someone who's probably a featherweight who's tossing her around. And she's like, whoa, this little woman that tossed me around, you know. So I, I feel for uh, Denise because she don't, a better fit would be straw weight. Although, like I said, I know 125 is a lot more comfortable weight class for her. But uh, yeah, five foot three, that's tough. And, it's, and like I said, it's not her fault.
Now, uh, Sato, I'm going to tell you something. I had to start with Sato. I'm so glad that dude lost. And, and I hate, I'm trying to make this as professional and unbiased as possible, people. And not get affected by anything. Because it's about your money. And when it comes to betting, you can't, you got, you can't, all that bias. And, and that's my homie in there. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, look at Ocho Cinco. I'm betting on fighters just because he likes them or knows them or what. That's terrible. That's the worst that you're not. I know it's like if it's if it's family, if it's a family member, a little bit of money, not a whole lot. I can understand like, I, you know, it's, I'm supporting you. I got faith in you. Boom. I'm throwing money on you, period. You know, if you, if you got some uh, solid, you know, like someone like him. Thousand dollars. But that's it, though. At the end of the day, you got to take care of your family. I, I would assume you're taking care of your family. I don't know what some of these cats like. That's the problem with betting. That's the problem, problem with betting. You can't. I don't ain't no such thing as they got it like that. No, you're not going to sit up there and complain about a YouTuber who, who's single, has no kids from what I understand. Who I mean, man was sleeping with porn stars. Okay. You know, sit up there and complain about him saying that he pissed away $100,000 only to turn around and say, oh, you know, that football player or whatever, oh, he got it like that so he can just bet. No, 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 damn it, no. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Amanda Noonan, even with Amanda, I was about to say Amanda Noonan because she pretty much has a solid lot when it comes to betting, but nine times out of 10, it's going to be like a minus 1,700, some crazy number like that. And you're not really going to get much on. You're just getting your money back, essentially. And then it's a bet. It's it's taxable money. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're talking about ten, fifty thousand, that's taxable money, people. No, you got to watch yourself. Yeah, you know, like look, you got to you got to know about financing, man. Don't 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 just randomly bet large sums. I don't care if you got a lot of money. You need to talk to a tax attorney. And an accountant before you do anything, folks. Like, like, get out of here with that. You know, and, and look at Bellator. Upsets happen. Like the second, like, like I said, the Johnny Sato. And it's like, well, let me get back to the Johnny Sato thing. But great, you know, it was okay fight between Charlie Campbell and Nick Galate. You know, TKO finish minus three forty. Came a lot of these minus. You know, this was a big ratio. The favorites really showed up over at Bellator for sure. I'm like, okay, fighting's damn finish. <laughs> I mean, not not the you know, not a, now. What I meant to say, not a great fight with Johnny between Johnny Sato and Adele uh, Ben Gillian, who moved to now improved to six and three. The grappling wasn't enough, and we see this at one championship a lot. In that takedown and the person the fighter is getting back up either the, the person who was taking down that's the thing people need to keep in mind even with conor mcgregor that submission attempt counts now so with just because you shoot on someone to take them down you have to maintain control you have to maintain maintain ground control it's kind of like nba where or even football, where you just because you catch the ball, you are in the end zone. Did you maintain control throughout the catch? They look at that now. Just because you, oh, I caught the ball. No, man. Did you maintain control? You caught it and then you dropped it, which means you really never was holding on to it in the first place. Similar to now MMA is kind of doing the same thing where it's like, yeah, you shot for a takedown, but dude got right back up again. What was that? You're wasting both of our times with this. And Sato was he wasn't attempting no submissions. He couldn't really get off any kind of ground and pound. Like they're not counting that anymore. And I'm glad. I was a little shocked though. I can't lie. Just a tad shocked. Cause you know it was moments that he had moments with the striking. But you know um, Adele, I yeah Adele, Adele. He really listened to his coaches. Straight, but he still didn't get the straight punch together. They said straight. Straight, he was still kind of doing the hooks, but that left the left, and as Big John McCarthy pointed out, the overhand right was there the whole night. And I hate when strikers throw a high kick, 
versus a grappler. I cannot. Oh, that drives me crazy. That's the easy way for the grappler to shoot in. All they have to do is lean down. It's one leg. And what do they want to do? A single leg. And this kid did a scoop lift to start the fight off. It's like, dude, he gasped, like most grapplers end up eventually doing. But it's just like, dude, listen to your coaches. Straight punch. Stop with the kicks. Knee all day. Low kick, sure. Calf kicks for, yes. No high kicks. Marina Rodriguez does that. Stays with that high kick. Stop. God. You know, versus, you know, a striker, sure. You know, versus a Mackenzie Dern, sure, because she's going to do a sloppy shooting because she's not a wrestler. She's a jiu-jitsu practitioner. You know, but, yeah, low kicks. Low kicks. They're, they're your friend. Diana Avsara Gova. Not impressed with her performance. You know, like Big John said, you want to turn into a kickboxing fight instead of grappling. Well, then you end up with this nervous. I mean, the judges took a long time for that fight. She was a minus 900. Bellator, it, it was shaky over there. Minus 900 for Diana. Split decision. Minus, and for the main, minus, one, uh, minus 340 for Velasquez. Split decision. Yeah, man, that's why I always say, you know, watch out for these underdogs. Throw some change on the underdog. You know, because Gabriella Guff Golfin, you know, who improved to two and two, uh, plus five sixty, almost pulled it out. So you got to watch it. With that's what I'm talking about. Like this fifty thousand dollars just to flush it down the toilet. You crazy? That makes no sense. Ain't no I got like that. Ain't no such thing as piss throwing money away. You might as well just walk out in the street and just toss it in the air. Hell, give it to me, and I'll show you what you supposed to be doing with some fifty thousand dollars. Okay, you make, you know, you, that 50 should turn to 100, turn to a 200,000. That's how it should work. Not just, just toss it, just give it out to people. What the hell? That's basically what you're doing. Cody Law, minus 1,200. And he proved it with that beatdown on Theodore uh, Masuka, who uh, is one and one now. It, Went down to one and one, and Cody Law improving the four zero. And son, you don't get a great fight, great finish, great performance. But son, you're four zero. Don't scream out, "Give me a contract" when you're only four zero. Stop. Why? You're in Bellator. You have UFC, one FC. You got other play. You got, you got another stop to make. Stop stressing about a contract at one place. Okay, Danny. Uh, Marquez, Marquez, Saeed, Salma. Oh man, what a KO. Two guys, uh, really cool with each other. Um, and you know, kind of like it pained him to do that, but Hey, that's what you got to do. Minus 200 favorite came through. Johnny Eblen came through, still remains undefeated. My man did a belly to back suplex. Woo. Minus 600 favorite, did his thing against Travis Davis, who's a plus 410. Arlene Blanco, I mean, were we really surprised? I love the sportsmanship at the end. That's what I'm talking about. That's how fighters should talk. All this, yeah, now I want to see him go at it. Yeah, and then your fighter gets murked, and then we're not supposed to laugh at him. We're not supposed to crack jokes. We're not supposed to make, make uh, gifts and, and memes out this joint. No. Talk like a fool, get played like one. Sorry, that's the rules, man. And the internet, the internet remains undefeated. You can't beat it. You can cry, complain, but you can't beat it. So let it go. Be like Arlene. Mathis Mateos. C versus CJ Hamilton, who is a plus 225 Mathos was a minus 280 and proved why. Welcome, C.J. Hamilton, to the Shadow Realm. Welcome. Here you'll find, you'll still find Conor McGregor in a wheelchair doing wheelies. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's still there. He's still there. That dude, that dude is still unconscious. He was unconscious when he walked in there. Talk about broken leg. No, no, son. Your mind was still in the shadow realm. And then, of course, we had teacher versus student, Matt Matrione versus Tyrell Fortune, his former wrestling coach, from what I understand. And Fortune was a minus 375 favorite and proved why Matt seemed to have some sort of issue after the fight. But he was clearly tapping to strikes. I don't know. what. And, I mean, once he got taken down, I mean, dude. Talking about something he bangs. Like, okay, well, that's not this kind of fight. It's mixed martial arts. And, I mean, if you want to talk about, this is what I'm talking about. Like, if you were friends with Matt Matreon, if you knew who he was, and you just wanted to throw a ton of money on him. Now, as an underdog, got you. See, that's another thing, too. You're not really, at the, after a certain point, that minus, you're not really getting a lot of money back underdog now granted the example i used earlier those were two technically underdog picks with Connor, he's technically the underdog and of course jorge was in fact the underdog against usman in the rematch so that's not a bad you know if you're going to put money someplace you want to take a, a chance with an underdog hey that's going to garner you some good money not the minus but um this situation right here it's just like well all three situations this one with Metron, the con, it was a high likelihood that they were going to lose regardless of the numbers. You know, when you see a minus 900 plus 535, okay, there's a good chance right here this underdog may lose. But you got to look at the fighting styles, who they're going up against, do a little bit of research, watch their previous fights to get an idea of what you get yourself into. High likelihood. Even though I don't remember the gap being very wide for the other two examples, still, it was like, look, it's a good chance that these underdogs are not only going to lose, but lose bad. And in this case right here, not that Matt should give up or anything like that, but it was just like, dude, you talk about the highest likelihood that you're not going to win. This is it. This is it right here. It's like, bruh, you got no business. Either. It's like the fight wasn't competitive and it really had no business being competitive. Like that's how bad this fight is. That's what you got to understand when you're doing your betting. Like, no, look, is it even going to be competitive, people? And it's like, nah, nah, nah. You can't just do it because you like them. And of course, that was a co-main and main event. Yeah, great fight between the ladies. Get with it, UFC no excuse why Amanda Nunes and or Valentina Shevchenko can't headline a car. Put Val on. A, I mean, I think it's better that she's in the pay-per-view. Have her headline. Oh, this is ridiculous. I mean, I see one promoting their female fighters. Bellator is doing their thing. I mean, you know, look, you get Chris Cyborg over there. You're going. She's going. You know, she's going to have something something to say about the inability of promoting women's uh, MMA. But Scott has always been kind of an advocate for women's MMA, so I'm not surprised at all. Even though he needs to get more than two women's divisions up there. I mean, come on, dude. There's a bunch of, there's nothing but strawweights walking around. It's, come on, you can at least put strawweight in there. You know, and Bantamweight, come on, dude. Featherweight, but no Bantamweight, come on, man. But still, he he's, uh, I mean, look, you know, like he he's still doing his this this ridiculous. You know, I mean, I I could see like 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 the Yang like like Yana versus Aldana. I can understand that that can't you know well it could be probably a main four fight night, but Valentin, you got finally you got the two best women's fighters on the planet, best flyweight, best bantamweight, and featherweight. Come on, dude. These cats. I saw that. I'm like, okay. All right. Yeah, granted, nobody's really looking forward to their, who they're fighting against. You know, no one's really looking forward to Lauren Murphy. or well, this is not this. some Lauren Murphy fans out there. But it's just like, you know, they know she's going to get ran over. And I get you. Nobody really is interested in, in a completely one-sided fight in either situation. But it's like, 
it's like these are two. Don't keep telling me that they're the best. This is what people don't understand. Don't keep selling that they're the best, that Vile's the best or Nunez is the best, and then sit up there and just say okay when they're not from when they're not given the opportunity to showcase that they are the best by having them as the main event, even in the pay per view. Connor fight is over. That's it. What because of numbers? Can't be serious. Like, no offense to Derek Lewis and Serial. It's Serial gone. People still don't know who that dude is. Like, come on with that. You know, Volk versus Ortega. Say, yeah, okay. Eh, okay. Yeah, you know, but. And then, and then the sad part is, like, even a situation like that where it's like, okay, these guys, are, it's just all right. You know, it's kind of on the lukewarm side. But, hey, let's get ladies to, su- what, support a kind of not, you know, not so great main event. I mean, that wouldn't be good. I just, I don't know what's going to happen with that fight, but it's like, you know, at least with heavyweight, you know that we're probably going to see an exciting finish, especially with Derek Lewis being in there. But, I, I, yeah, I digress. I'm going to conclude this here. Going to uh, stop it there. We did have Cage, uh, we did have Combate Global and LFA 111. Last night, uh, I'm, I was I'm recording. I was recording during that time frame. I'll definitely do the recaps for those fights. Uh, Submission Underground was fantastic, as always. Speaking of the ladies, I mean, ladies came through there, but well, and that's I don't know. I just I still can't get past the fact that I'm. I wouldn't say obsessed. I wouldn't say obsessed, but I really, really, really like Submission Underground and. And I even listened to Chell. This is a dude I try to tune out of my life, period. <laughs> I ain't trying to look watch nothing. I still don't watch all of his content, though. Because he don't know what it is. He don't know, man, especially with women's MMA. That dude is clueless. But, um, yeah, I love his story. I love his grappling stories. And, yeah, I really like the, the pairings, the matchups for And I wish they could get There's a lot of people that they reached out to. So that's another thing, too. If you wonder why certain fighters haven't shown up yet, uh, especially, you know, like, well, these renowned grapplers, why don't they show? They, they've they reached out to a lot of people. It's just a question of getting them on there and then who are they going to be paired with? You know, so uh, we'll see. And then a lot of fighters, especially grapplers um, from uh, MMA promotions, it's, you know, them finding, you know, if the fighter can find time to be on there, you know, so, uh, yeah, they have reached out to them. But yeah, I'm going to conclude this here. I hope you guys have a good weekend. Stay safe, stay positive, and stay vigilant.